episode 26 of the Healthier Life podcast. Did you know that Pancake Day is coming up this week? In fact, it's the day after this episode is released and my kids are so excited. We often have pancakes for breakfast on a Sunday morning, but on Pancake Day, we turn the evening meal into one big pancake fest. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the origins for this seemingly strange tradition of having pancakes just before Lent, and some thoughts about fasting over the 40-day period of Lent that's coming up. I'm also giving out seven ideas for things that you could give up or fast from in this time coming up to Easter if you're looking for something to give up for Lent. If you're listening to this later, then no worries. You can always set yourself a 30 or 40 day detox from these things, no matter what time of year it is. I'm going to be talking more about fasting in next week's episode, but I did just want to mention that as I'm recording this, there is a call for Christians to fast this coming Wednesday, Ash Wednesday 2022, which this year falls on the 2nd of March. I generally try not to engage too much with what's going on in the news in these podcasts, but since I'm talking about Lent and about prayer and fasting, I just couldn't ignore the terrible situation that we have going on in the Ukraine at the moment. With the whole world on tenterhooks watching news updates with horror and despair, the world desperately needs our prayers for peace and for an end to war and bloodshed. And so if you are able to pray and fast on Wednesday, that's the 2nd of March, 2022, if you're listening to this in good time, then please do so. That could be fasting from just one meal or two or three or just praying throughout the day. Our prayers are always heard and they do make a difference. Please remember, though, that fasting is not recommended for everyone and that the information presented on this podcast is for educational and inspirational purposes only. Always consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet and lifestyle, particularly if you're considering fasting. Okay, with that said, let's dive into today's show. Hi, and welcome to the Healthier Life podcast, where you can get great tips and strategies to empower you to live that healthier life you've always wanted. Do you want to feel vibrant and full of energy so that you can make the impact you desire in this world? I believe that when we are intentional about looking after our health, then we can find the energy, balance and joy that we need as Christian women to step into our God-given potential and make a real difference in this world. If you're here to learn about how a diet based more on whole foods, plant-based nutrition can bring a healthier life both to you and the planet, if you want to know how to manage your stress better, improve your sleep, exercise in a way that is fun and manageable, if you want to deepen your faith and build in more gratitude so that you can flourish once more in a life you love, then you are in the right place. I'm Catherine Shelton. Let's get started. I'm sure you already know that Pancake Day, which is celebrated in many countries around the world, has its roots in a Christian tradition linked to Lent and Easter. The proper name for Pancake Day is Shrove Tuesday, and it's always the day before Ash Wednesday, which is the day that marks the beginning of Lent. And Lent is the 40-day period in the church calendar that takes us up to Easter Sunday. So what is Lent all about? Well, Lent is a time of preparation for Easter. It's traditionally a period of reflection, prayer, abstinence and fasting. The word for Lent comes from the old Anglo-Saxon words lengthen, meaning spring, 
and Lengton Tid or Lengton Tide, meaning spring tide, which was also the word for March. Lent is therefore like a spiritual spring cleaning. Evidence for the practice of Lent goes right back to the early church fathers, for example in the writings of St Irenaeus in the 2nd century AD, and was also mentioned at the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. Now, the choosing of the 40-day period is obviously because of the significance of the number 40 in the Bible. We find Moses, Elijah and Jesus all undergoing a special period of preparation for ministry over 40 days and 40 nights. And the main focus of Lent in the church calendar was the fast. Rules differed as to exactly how that was to be conducted, and some Christians allowed the eating of fish. But generally, the fast was supposed to consist of essentially eating only a plant-based diet. Fats were also added to the list of foods to fast from. And in the 6th century, Pope St Gregory wrote to St Augustine of Canterbury, We abstain from flesh, meat, and from all things that come from flesh, as milk, cheese, and eggs. In other words, it was a vegan fast. Yep, that's right, veganism was practiced by Christians way back in the 6th century. So then, why do we eat pancakes on Shrove Tuesday? Well, in order to prepare for the fast that started on Ash Wednesday, it was necessary to use up perishable food that would not be eaten during the next 40 days. Primarily, this meant milk, eggs and fats. And so Mardi Gras, or Fat Tuesday, is another name for Shrove Tuesday because of the fats that had to be eaten up. And so what better way to eat up milk and eggs and fats, people thought, than to make lots and lots of pancakes? Indeed, recipes for pancakes have been recorded in cookery books as far back as 1439. So why is it called Shrove Tuesday? Well, the name Shrove comes from the old English word shrive, which means to confess your sins and receive absolution or forgiveness. And the Anglo-Saxon Ecclesiastical Institutes contains this record, written by a monk over 1,000 years ago. He said, In the week immediately before Lent, everyone shall go to his confessor and confess his deeds, and the confessor shall so shrive him. So that's where the word shrove comes from. Okay, so why on earth am I talking about all of this? Well, firstly, it's really interesting to note that ingrained in church history, there are periods of time when people followed a vegan or a plant-based diet. And so it's not some newfangled diet that has sprung up from the New Age movement or is only linked to Eastern religions. Secondly, what better time to try a plant-based diet than during the period of Lent? If you are interested to try, Lent is the perfect socially acceptable time. And in some Christian circles, it's popular to follow something called a Daniel fast during Lent. This refers to the time when Daniel and his friends ate only vegetables and water. And you'll find that in Daniel chapter 1 verses 8 to 17. Daniel and his friends looked healthier and better nourished because of it. And you may be happily surprised to find how good you feel after following a plant-based diet for 40 days. And it may encourage you to continue. But if going fully plant-based for Lent is not your thing, then there are other ways to fast too. John Mark Comer, in his wonderful new book, Live No Lies, talks about the spiritual benefits of fasting as a way to fight against our flesh. His book is divided into our war against sin, the flesh and the devil. And fasting is a particular discipline to help with overcoming the temptations that wage against our bodies or our flesh. 
Now, lots of people give up more material things during Lent, like certain TV shows or social media or spending money on luxury items. And all those are well and good. We have certainly in the past as a family had screen-free Sundays as part of our Lent, which has been really helpful, although it's not always been enjoyed by the whole family, it has to be said. But John Mark Homer in his book challenges us once again to think about fasting from actual food, because this is a habit or a tradition that does seem to be fading from our Christian lives in the 21st century, and I wonder why that is. Is it perhaps because food has such a hold on us that the thought of giving up certain things is just too much? Is it because we're actually addicted without realising it? And in fact, if you find yourself really reluctant to give up some kind of food or to do some kind of fast, then it's worth asking yourself why. Do you have a food that you know you tend to binge on a little bit? Maybe you feel a lack of control around that particular food. It could be a certain brand of potato chips or crisps, or a certain kind of packet of cookies or biscuits. It could be a certain kind of soda drink, or a certain brand of chocolate. Well, Lent may be a great opportunity to give up that food and see how you feel at the end of the 40 days without it. Many Christians give up specific foods, like chocolate, sugar, processed foods or alcohol, for the 40 days of Lent. But it's worth noting that if you do give up a certain food, then you may well notice some detox symptoms around days two to five as your body adjusts to that food no longer being in your system. Perhaps you might have some headaches or you might feel yourself feeling a bit depressed or anxious. This is all totally normal and if you press on through this, these symptoms should disappear by the end of the first week. If you do decide to give up a whole food group, such as dairy or meat, then it is important to make sure that you're replacing any nutrients that you were getting from that food group into your new diet. For example, by making sure that you're getting adequate calcium or iron from other sources, whether that's from food or from supplements. It is totally possible to get all that you need elsewhere, but you do need to put some thought into it. And of course, if you're on any medication or under the care of a medical professional for any reason, then always check with your doctor if you're planning to make significant changes to your diet in this way. Now, some people feel led to go a step further and actually practice proper fasting, whether that's for 12, 16, 24 or even 36 hours. And I'm going to be talking about that kind of fasting in next week's episode. There are many benefits to it, both spiritual as well as physical, but it does need to be done with care and ideally under the guidance of a professional if it's for longer than 24 hours. And of course, there are certain groups of people who shouldn't fast in this way, and that includes pregnant or breastfeeding women, those on certain medications or with certain conditions, or those who have a history of an eating disorder which might be triggered by the fasting. But we'll talk all about that in next week's episode. So here are seven ideas of things that you could give up or fast from during Lent. Number one is sugar. Now this is ideally sugar in its processed form or added sugar. So if you read the label of the foods that you're eating, anything that's above about 6% sugar content, unless obviously it's fruit or made with natural fruit-based ingredients. So processed sugar is something that you could give up for Lent. A second idea is to give up any trigger foods. So have a think about those foods that you just can't stop nibbling on, 
whether that's chocolate or crisps or potato chips or certain kinds of biscuits or cookies, if you have a certain kind of trigger food, then maybe consider giving that up for Lent. A third idea is alcohol. Now, let's face it, alcohol is not our best friend. It's very hard for the body to detox. It puts pressure on our liver. It interrupts our sleep and puts us at higher risks for conditions such as breast and liver cancers. So maybe if alcohol is something that you have more often than two or three times a week, it might be something that would be a good idea to give up for Lent and see how you feel at the end of it. Number four is caffeine. Like alcohol, it might be that you've become a bit addicted to caffeine, whether that's having several cups a day or whether you're one of those people who can't manage to get on with the day before you have your morning cup of coffee. It might be that you're just using caffeine to prop you up when what you really need is just to get more sleep or to manage your stress better. And many people don't actually metabolise caffeine very well and it can disturb your sleep patterns. So giving up caffeine for Lent might be an interesting experiment for you if you feel like you're someone who drinks quite a lot of caffeine. Number five is wider food groups such as meat, dairy, eggs and gluten. Now, please remember what I said, though, about checking with your doctor and be sure to replace any nutrients that you were getting from those foods through a carefully planned diet and possibly through extra supplementation. But maybe Lent is a wonderful opportunity for you to have a go at following a completely plant-based diet for 40 days and seeing how you feel. Or maybe you have been considering giving up gluten because you're worried that it might be causing some bloating or some other kinds of symptoms in your system. If you are going to be going completely plant-based, then you will need to take a B12 supplement. Idea number six is snacks. Now, as one of my mentors, Dr. Helen McCarthy, likes to say, we are not snakes or cows. In other words, just like we're not designed to eat one huge meal and then nothing else for the next week or two, like a snake, we're also not designed to be constantly grazing throughout the day like cows. And yet somehow the snack industry has got us worried that something awful will happen to our energy or our blood sugar levels if we don't do that. But snacking is often just a bad habit and it adds extra calories that we don't really need. So perhaps snacking in between meals is something that you might like to try giving up for Lent as a form of fasting. And finally, the seventh idea is screen time. Now this could be a complete detox from things like Facebook or Instagram. Or it could be limiting it to certain times only and no more than 30 minutes or an hour a day. Or it could mean completely deleting the apps from your phone over the weekend and then reinstalling them on Monday. Or it could be having a complete break from all screens on a Saturday or a Sunday, a kind of screen-free Sabbath. So have a look at where you feel you might be overindulging in screens, where it might be becoming a little bit of an addiction or a bit of an idol and consider giving that up within the limitations of your own family home situation. Okay, so those are my seven ideas for things to give up or fast from over Lent. Number one was sugar. Number two was trigger foods. Number three, alcohol. Number four, caffeine. Number five, wider food groups. Number six, snacks. And number seven, screen time. Now, I would love to hear what you are planning to fast from or give up during Lent and if that's something that you do or do not do. So email me at support at 
or come over and join us inside the Healthier Life Community Facebook group where we can exchange tips and suggestions about fasting and encourage each other during this Lent season. Next week, I'll be talking a little bit more about fasting and in particular about intermittent fasting, if that's something that you are particularly interested in learning more about. So do watch out for that episode coming up. In the meantime, have a wonderful week. Uh, Keep on praying for the situation in Ukraine and Russia. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Hey, quickly before you go, if this podcast has helped and inspired you in some way, then please jump over to iTunes and leave me an honest review. That way more people can find this show and be inspired too. I personally read every single review and your feedback is so encouraging to me. The second way you can help get the word out is to take a quick screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Catherine Shelton Health and I'll share it right back. Thank you so much. God bless. Until next time.